Welcome to the Rainier View Christian Church Podcast, where we invite you to pursue God, engage in community, and make a difference. Hey, my name is Jeff. I'm part of the teaching team here at Rainier View, and we are excited to continue our series, Bless. We are looking at five simple practices that really help us share our faith well in our world. And so we're jumping in today, and we're looking at uh, the practice of eating. You might say, great, I am really good at that. But if you think about it, uh, meals are such an important part of some of our favorite moments in life. Right? Think about the weddings you've been to, the birthdays you've celebrated, uh, even just simple things like a barbecue on the 4th of July or Labor Day, s'mores around the campfire, so many moments that are meaningful we likely shared those around the table with friends and family, and what made that meaningful was that sharing of a meal together. Uh, maybe even it's just as simple as enjoying a hot cup of coffee with a friend, uh, right? Food, good drink, it's just key to having these meaningful moments in relationship with others. And so sharing our faith really is connected uh, to sharing a meal with others. That one of the ways that we truly can just feel at ease, right, is when we're sharing a meal with somebody. And so when we pair this with the, with the concepts we're looking at of how we can really share faith well, um, we can see that really sharing a meal is a way that we can bless others. And in fact, this really just emulates what Jesus does over and over and over again in the Gospels. We see Jesus sharing meals with people almost every other chapter, it seems. He's, he's hanging out with somebody and having, having a meal. Uh, if you look at John chapter 2 in one of the Gospels, we see that the first miracle that Jesus performs is at a wedding in Cana where he turns water into wine. Go on a little bit farther into the Bible, and we, and we look at the Old Testament, and we can see this Passover meal, this dinner that was celebrated for hundreds and hundreds of years prior to Jesus uh, by those uh, who were Jewish who remembered the Passover when they were delivered from slavery in Egypt. And so they celebrated this meal annually. And when Jesus is celebrating it with his followers, he infuses it with extra meaning of what he was about to do by going to the cross, by dying uh, for our sins and bringing about new life for, for any and all who would place their faith in him. And so he, he opens up that meal, not just for some, but for all. We can look at the Gospels even post-resurrection Jesus. And when his followers meet him, they think that he's a ghost because they just saw him crucified. And he's like, guys, it's me. And so they share a meal on the beach that morning. That's fish in the morning for breakfast. It's not really my jam, but Jesus made his point with it. And then lastly, we can look at some of the descriptions of, of heaven, our future life with God, are described as this great banquet uh, that we're going to enjoy. And really, you can kind of think about this like an unending meal and party with unlimited breadsticks, uh, and that that's how God chooses to describe heaven. Uh, maybe not in the breadstick language, but you know what I mean, right? And so uh, we can see the connection clearly, even by just kind of a glance at the Gospels, a glance at, at the biblical teachings, uh, that, that really sharing a meal is vital to enjoying relationship with somebody. Uh, it's key to doing that. And in Jesus' day, it would have been even more powerful because sharing a meal with somebody in Jesus' day from the, from the culture he was coming from that was equivalent to a wholehearted uh, acceptance of that other person. And so when you shared a meal with them, you were accepting them. 
And the problem that Jesus keeps running into is that he keeps sharing meals with people that he wasn't supposed to, according to some, according to the Pharisees, who were very upset about who Jesus kept having meals with. Now, the Pharisees were a group of people that were very, very concerned about keeping all of the Old Testament laws or the Jewish scriptures, all the laws that are there. And they, would, they created laws around the laws in order for them to be kind of safe from being in trouble at all. And one of the things that they were really, really big about was making sure that you didn't get even close to somebody who was an unclean person. Uh, and there was a whole lot of rules around what made somebody unclean, but basically people who were not like them, who were, who were poorer than them, outside their communities. And so they had these rules for table fellowship, meaning who you could enjoy a meal with that were fairly intense and fairly, fairly strict. And so anyone who was not part of their group was not going to get, not only were they not going to get an invite, uh, but the Pharisees were going to give a wide berth to these people. They were not going to, you know, get remotely close to them. And it's with these sorts of people that Jesus, over and over again in the gospel accounts, shares a meal with. And so let's just look at one example in Matthew 9, uh, pick it up in verse 9 of, of Jesus and, and how he does this. Matthew 9, verse 9 says, As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him, and Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. So did you notice something about the, the guy here, uh, Matthew? It's his gospel that he writes uh, here. And Matthew was a tax collector. He was a pretty despised individual, an individual that the Pharisees would have avoided completely. And Jesus not only is sharing a meal with Matthew, Jesus is inviting this guy that, that in the Pharisees' mind should have been shunned, should have been not included. He's inviting Matthew to join his closest group of followers, like his core team of people that he's going to roll with. And so Matthew decides to celebrate this massive change in his life by throwing a party. <laughs> and I got to imagine it was a pretty amazing spread of food and wine because Matthew was ending his profession, ending his career as a tax collector to now follow Jesus around and, and be part of his ministry. And so this is a massive shift in his life in a, in a big change. And so he's throwing this party. Of course, Jesus is there, according to the Pharisees, like he shouldn't be. And so the Pharisees decide to show up to catch Jesus, to, to catch him uh, and, and trip him up here. And so they're, they're, they're looking for ways that they can say, aha, busted Jesus, you are unclean now because you hung out with some of these people. And Jesus completely changes the understanding for the Pharisees of who is in, is out, who's in and who is out. And the, the real change that can happen when you choose to sit down at a table and share a meal with somebody who is different from you and the profound change that can happen. Uh, and because look how Jesus defines acceptance here. Go back in those last couple of verses, picking up in verse 12. On hearing this, Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. 
but go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have come not to call the righteous, but sinners. And so what does Jesus have to communicate to you and I today with this brief pair of statements that carry so much importance for how we seek to bless others in our world and and make an impact and make a difference? Well, it means that if Jesus is willing to basically sit down at a table with almost anybody, that you and I, if we want to seek to follow Jesus, if we want to seek to be a blessing to our neighbor, to share our faith well, then we need to be willing to do that as well. Now, some of us, uh, maybe right now in this season that we're in still in the pandemic, that we, we aren't actively um, sharing meals with, with many people right now. But the reality is most of us have shifted to doing that. And so thinking about it, like, when's the last time you shared a meal with somebody who was truly different than you? Or is it just kind of the same three or four friends, the same three or four families that pretty much are just like you, agree with you on on most everything that that is important to you to agree with, and that that's who you share these moments with? When's the last time you sat down and shared a meal, sat around a table with somebody who was different than you? I think if we're going to truly bless our neighbors and change the world, that we need to reclaim this lost value of hospitality. Uh, Again, inviting others in. Uh, Because if we're going to earn the right to be a blessing, to share our faith, then we're we're going to need to figure out how to do this, to, to sit around the table with people who are different than us. Because here's the thing. When we are unheard, we feel unknown and unloved. But when we're heard... That, that is the space in which we begin to feel known and we can experience love. And there is no better place, there's nothing that breaks down those barriers more easily than sharing a meal with somebody. And so that's one of the best places that we can begin with this practice to bless our neighbors by sharing a meal with them. And because Jesus points to this, uh, this really as a, a willingness to invite people to share a meal, to, to enjoy community with us, that this is really a marker of spiritual maturity. Right? That, that's what uh, Jesus is getting at here when he quotes this line, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. And it comes from this Old Testament book of Hosea. And Hosea is a really weird book on the surface because uh, there's this guy and, and God tells him to marry this woman who continually is unfaithful to him and cheats on him. Uh, and, and God says, no, go back, go back, go back. Uh, and legally, uh, the, Hosea could have sent her away um, or done much, much worse, but he doesn't. And it's this picture of God's love for his people and in turn, the mercy that they should extend towards others. And so let's look at Hosea 6, verses 6 and 7. And with that background in mind, uh, that Jesus reads these, uh, this verse to these Pharisees from Hosea, where it says, For I desire mercy, not sacrifice, an acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. As at Adam, they have broken the covenant. They were unfaithful to me there. See, the Pharisees, right, they knew the verse, but they missed the point completely. They completely missed it. And while memorizing verses can be an important part of spiritual growth and discipline, the Pharisees made it central to faith rather than being a person who sought to bless their neighbor and to extend mercy and grace to others. And by Jesus saying, hey guys, go and learn, it would have been a slap in the face big time to them. Like 
These guys memorized huge chunks, if not the entirety of like the Old Testament. These go and learn Jesus. What are you saying to us? But again, they knew the content, but they missed the point of what they were supposed to do with it. Because the Pharisees weren't about extending mercy. They're about judgment and rule keeping really at their heart to, to prove that they were better than, to prove that they were good with God. And so in essence, Jesus is saying, hey, the first thing you need to do is to recognize your need before God, your need for mercy, your need for forgiveness. And then when you recognize that's the kind of relationship that I want to have with you, that's where I meet you, I want you to go and do likewise, extend mercy to others. And again, perfect place to begin with that is sharing a meal or even sharing just a cup of coffee around a table with somebody else is a perfect place to begin to practice what Jesus invites us to. And even consider the impact of, of sharing a meal that, that impacts even the way that we worship, right? So we celebrate at Rainier View every week communion, right? And that is directly a result of this last meal that Jesus shares with his closest followers before he goes to the cross. And he's sharing this Passover meal. And again, Jesus infuses this meal with more meaning than, than it held just for those who are Jewish. He, he expands that meaning and that access, not just for some, but for all. And look at how Luke's gospel in chapter 22 of Luke, how he records this. It says, and he took bread and gave thanks and broke it. And he gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. And then Bible scholar N.T. Wright, he really describes and captures this beautifully, the idea of the Passover meal, when he writes, When Jesus himself wanted to explain to his disciples what this forthcoming, his forthcoming death was all about, he didn't give them a theory, he gave them a meal. And so, man, we can see the importance of gathering around tables for meals where we can feel accepted by others. And we can see how this can be a powerful practice that if you and I use it, can, can leverage so much in terms of being able to share faith well in a way that's not cringy, in a way that's relational, in a way that truly is blessing others. But it begs the question, if it's so powerful, if it's so simple, we all do it multiple times a day, uh, then why don't we engage in this practice with our neighbors more? Our neighbors being those people in our lives that we want to intentionally bless, want to intentionally share the hope that we have in our faith. That could be the people who are literally on our block. It could be our coworkers. It could be uh, our classmates. It could be people on our team. But whoever I'm intentionally trying to bless, why is it so often that I don't take the time to share a meal with them? And so if, you've, if you're tracking along in the book that goes along with this series, um, there's some excuses in there. And so I'm glad that you asked why, why we don't do it, because we've got some excuses. And so let's knock these down one at a time. Uh, excuse number one, well, I just don't like to have people over to my home. Uh, my home is not, it's not really good for having people and hosting people. Okay, here's the thing. I think that like some of us have watched too much HGTV and so we think that we, our home has to be all like 100% Magnolia Farms or I can't have anybody over, right? That's just simply not true. Most of us can host somebody in our home. You know, my previous church, there was a, there was a guy and his name was uh, Mr. Teagle. Everyone called him that. And uh, he, was, uh, he was retired, but he, every Wednesday, had a group of high school guys over to his house. And Mr. Teagle taught me so much about the value of hospitality and sharing a meal. 
uh, he would, every week, he'd get this giant bag, like a five-pound bag of cheese and a giant stack of tortillas from Costco, and guys would start trickling in, and they'd be making quesadillas and hanging around and hanging out and goofing around, and then he'd just, you know, gather them up, and they'd read a little bit of the Bible, and then there'd be more goofing around as he tried to get prayer requests out of each of them, and then he'd, and he somehow kind of wrangled everybody to pray for each other. He would just do this every week, right? And so it's not rocket science. Like, Extending hospitality is something that is, is simple, but has a cost to it. But man, Mr. Teagle was a guy who blessed so many young people's lives. Why? Because he chose to host some people that honestly, maybe on the surface, he didn't have a lot in common with, but he chose to do that. Now, maybe you're thinking, but Jeff, like, okay, honestly, I'm like low-key kind of a hoarder. Uh, Jeff, I've got 12 cats. Do you know how my house smells like? Okay, so maybe you're going to opt to like go out for a meal, and that, that's totally good, or, or get a cup of coffee with somebody at a coffee shop, or even if the first step for you is just like after one of our services in the lobby, just sitting down at one of our tables and just, just getting a cup of coffee with somebody there. Wherever it is, though, what is holding us back um, from, from sharing a meal? Let's kind of erase those uh, excuses uh, that, that I can't, that I don't have a place, uh, that really is just an excuse. But then it might lead to the, the second excuse. Well, okay, the real reason I don't share a meal with somebody is I don't know what to say to somebody I don't know really well uh, at, at a meal, right? And so that can, that can be legit. Uh, great news is that in this series, these things are kind of building uh, sequentially. And so if you didn't catch last week's, make sure to go back and catch our message on how you can bless your neighbor by listening well. Okay, and we actually gave you some questions to ask others to help you with the process of really listening to others well. And like, worst case, like, just read the messages off your phone. It might be a little bit awkward, but it's better than saying nothing. If you have to do that, go ahead and do it. But here's the thing. Most people, even the most introverted person you know, has something that they love. And if you're willing to just be fully present and truly be interested in their life, most people would love to talk about the things that matter to them and the things that they love. It might not be your thing, but again, you can be present. You can learn to listen and hear what matters to other people. And by the way, this is kind of a principle for us at Rainier View. We want to be a church that is growing young, meaning we want to be a church that represents all generations at our gatherings. And so for us to do this, one of the things that we need to do to continually grow young is that those of us who are older need to learn how to ask questions of those who are younger to take that first step. And not in a creepy, weird way, right? Just like take a real interest in people who are different than us. Because asking questions... Uh, choosing to listen to others, that is like the only required skill, basically, to build relationships with other people. But hopefully, as we've been going through this series, you have neighbors in mind. You have people that you're building relationships with and that you have a desire to intentionally bless them. Really, the sharing of a meal, it's just, it's just taking that down another uh, layer, getting a little bit deeper in that relationship with others. And I think part of the problem is in the pandemic, we've just kind of forgotten how to be normal, <laughs> okay? Everybody's struggling with it. It's okay. You can do it. You can sit down at a meal with almost anyone if you're willing to just be present, listen, ask them questions, find out what they care about. Uh, you can get through a meal with almost anybody if you're willing to do that. But here's the real excuse for most of us. Okay. That all sounds good, Jeff. I could do that. But, man, Jeff, I just don't have time. I would love to share a meal uh, with, with a neighbor, but, but when is that going to fit in? And I get it. 
I'm super busy as well. As a pastor, like, my profession is super relational. And so sometimes the last thing I want to do is set up another meeting with somebody, another meal with somebody. Not because I, I don't want to be with them. It's just like it's another relational space that I need to show up and be in. And so, but if Jesus went out of his way to be relational, to sit down again and again and again across the table, people who are different than him, maybe on the surface people that he didn't share a lot in common with, we need to be able to create the space and do that as well, to share those meals again with our neighbors, those literal neighbors on our block, our apartment floor, those people on our team, our classmates, whoever, whoever it is, those nine or so individuals and families that we're intentionally trying to, again, build relationships with, to be a blessing to, in order to change our world because we're sharing the love of God. And so look, I'm in the same boat as you. I had, I had a neighbor who, he actually helped me out with a couple things and I kept saying, yeah, we need to have you guys over for a meal. But like the summer kept going on and every week it's like, oh, this week's too busy, this week's too busy. And pretty soon I was almost out of summertime uh, and, and it's Labor Day and I'm like, you know what? Like, no, I just need to go over and invite him over uh, this weekend, right? And so I just went over and said, hey, like, um, man, I've been saying I want to have you over. Hey, are you off work on Labor Day? Because, you know, we'd love to just grill up something and, and hang out. He said, oh, man, I'm working Monday. And so, okay, then I gave up, right? And I just went home and said, okay, well, I did, I tried. No. I said, okay, well, um, actually, we're around, like, Sunday afternoon. Um, what are you guys doing then? Oh, we're free. We'd love to come over. All of a sudden, it took me like, I walked like 50 yards out my door to my neighbor, had a couple minute conversation. I set this up to, again, share a meal with my neighbor. And it was so good, it was so life-giving. Again, sometimes we, we allow the concept, I'm so busy, really to, to, it's a lie that we buy into. We have the time, it's are we being intentional about creating space to connect with other people around a table. And so if you've begun working these, these practices into your life, right? if you've begun uh, with prayer and begin praying for opportunities to be a blessing, if you've begun listening to, to your neighbors and just hearing uh, what, what their life is like and the things that matter to them, what if you began this week begin, um, being even more intentional about sharing a meal with them? Uh, you know, as if you're tracking along in, in one of the chapters, it talks about in the book that, hey, we all tend to eat three meals a day. That's 21 meals a week. And that doesn't even include like coffee runs, right? And so uh, what if, what if you just look for one meal or one coffee this week to share with one of your neighbors, to invite them to do that with you? Just pick a time. Look at your calendar right now. Take out your calendar Pick up your phone and text your neighbor, uh, maybe, but, but do something right now to move the needle on that from being a good idea to something you're taking action around. You're gonna take a step. You're gonna, you're gonna take the time to look and say, when can I invite somebody to enjoy a meal with me, to enjoy a cup of coffee with me? Maybe even you're ready for a bigger step. You know, here at Rainier View at our Parkland campus, we have a community dinner every Monday night where we provide a free meal to the community for any and all who might be in need to do that. And so while it's great to serve a meal to others, what if you, what if you showed up at our community dinner and not just helped prep that meal, but you sat around tables and you heard other people's stories and you were present, you represented, again, a listening ear, which represents the heart and the love of God to somebody else who probably desperately needs it. You know, there's so many ways for us to engage with this blessed practice of eating together, being around the table. 
Look for ways that you can do that. Because again, to bring it back full circle, we engage with this practice of blessing others by eating with them because it's what Jesus did. Look with me in Luke's gospel as we, as we close here. Luke 7, verse 34, he writes, the son of man, that's Jesus, came eating and drinking, and you say, here is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. See, Jesus was willing to be misunderstood, even judged, in order to bless others. What are you and I willing to do in order to be a blessing to others that we might earn the right to share the hope that we have in Jesus? Hey, we hope that you're engaging with these steps, you're seeing the way God is working. Uh, join us back here next week as we continue in our series, Bless. Thanks for joining the Rainier View Christian Church Podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to be notified for all future episodes. Be sure to connect with us on socials at Rainier View CC and find out more about us at rainierview.org.